Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Here's Gourlami. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Yeah, baby. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. It's a rat. She's a goddamn robot. Sad, strange thing. Ah! Oh, shit! <laughs> God damn it. Uh, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. My name is Ian. This is Paul Damien. And this is Kenny. Who is a criminal. Oh, um, <laughs> smooth criminal over here. Uh, this week we're talking about uh, The Hurt Locker, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Is that 2008, I yeah. believe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring Jeremy Renner, uh, Anthony Mackie, and Brian Garrity. Garrity. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, with a slew of cameos, which were pretty fucking cool. Didn't realize we were talking about Falcon and the Hawkeye. You I know. know. Right? Yeah. Didn't we talk about that weeks ago? I know. And even <laughs> Wasp shows up at one point. Oh, goodness. Um, but yeah, this is a movie I had not seen before. That's something we don't talk about in our movie episodes is we try to do uh, movies one of us haven't seen before, mm-hmm. yeah. at, at the very least. I think that's pretty much been a theme. We yes. never have watched anything we'd all experienced right. before. So it's, that's, a, that's a good thing we've managed to keep going. And for the most part, I think it's even been at least two of us and a Sometimes, lot of them right. that yeah. haven't seen them. We did a great job in the Christmas season of it being fresh to for death all for us. all of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which was great too. Yeah. But um, yeah, this was the fucking... This was the fucking movie that came out in 2008 and somehow won't, or not somehow, but won like six Oscars too. Yeah. I mean, if you look at its its uh, awards page, it just runs forever on all the kinds of shit this movie won, which I think is a very interesting thing. And uh, for me, I feel like really paints a picture of where the United States of America was at mm. in 2008. Definitely. Uh, oh, if this definitely. was the movie we were really pushing all the awards towards, you know? Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of a... For being a rewatch for me, which I think for you too, right, Paul Damien? Yes, you had seen I actually this saw this. Um, I'll say as soon as it came out for DVD. Okay. okay. Yeah. Same. I like. To, I'll just throw it out there. I don't even care. Uh, I remember my dad, who was a police officer, brought home a like a illegal version of it like a ripped <laughs> dvd of it because my parents like really wanted to see it because everybody was hooting and hollering about it so that's how i even got to watch it for the first time was on like a was on like a mary poppins dvd that was actually hurt locker and it was, <laughs> they, they like erased it in <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> that's pretty funny um so how many times have you seen it do you feel like? i think this is maybe like the second or third time tops you yeah. know Okay. So, yeah, I'd never seen it before, and this is one that I had never anticipated seeing until maybe two years ago Mm -hmm. when I found out what it was about. Okay. Because beforehand, I thought this was like a... um, a phone booth, one hundred twenty-seven hours type of movie. Oh, okay. Where it was he Jeremy was, he's Renner stuck in the Hurt Locker? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, where he's okay, trying I to undo you. a bomb for two hours, and Anthony Mackie's screaming at him over the radio the whole time. <laughs> the entire time. time yeah. I literally thought that was what this movie was it's, about. What it is? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you just watched, but that is what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's let's get into it. This movie starts. Uh, pretty great, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Dude. Where Guy Pierce, I know, I love it, <laughs> is a bomb technician, and he's got his two men with him, uh, Anthony Mackie and Brian uh, Garrity, mm-hmm. who play Sanborn and Eldridge. Um, and it sets up 
because if you'd seen the trailer, you have a good idea of like, oh, Guy Pierce was not in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> so you, it sets up what is soon to happen for mm-hmm. these these fellas. Um, I loved this scene. I loved the. It displays what you don't want to happen for the rest of the movie mm-hmm. right away. You know, it mm-hmm. it gives you. The worst case scenario right out the gate, but not necessarily for our characters. It's like it's like naming a movie the car doesn't crash and then starting or no, maybe that's the wrong way to say it. But it's like it's like you want to see a car crash, but you don't want to see a car crash. So just give us the car crash and then give us a crazy car the rest of the Mm -hmm. time. You You know, (laughs) you know, that's that's really I like the way you're putting it. Yeah, Um, because not only do they. um they they give you like the worst that can happen, like y'all are saying, but they give you two like a completely different character than um, Jeremy Renner's character mm-hmm. because yeah. this bomb tech is super careful, super lighthearted, trying to get things done the right way, and it he just used so happened. The robot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it, it just so happened that that um something went wrong and he had to go and do this yes like go in person with the bomb suit but jeremy renner's character is just all i'm I'm freaking give me the suit yeah i'll just go right up next to it i don't care yeah you know and i love that they did that contrast Mm -hmm. you know it's something that you get immediately yes no yeah i i um i really love the way this movie is structured it does a lot to give you what you want or give you give you everything you need to know before actually putting the stakes mm-hmm. out on the table definitely you know? um but yeah so jeremy renner shows up after guy pierce gets bit by the bomb mm-hmm. um <laughs> which i guess like his face plate like catches all the blood from like the shrapnel. What, what, what i'm assuming is it broke his back and that's oh. literally him coughing blood yeah. up oh. into the mask itself the but the shockwave literally snaps his spine in half because wow. it's kind of that because later on when we see a similar situation are the the other character turns his back or his front to it and that's what i think allows him to then survive a very similar yeah, situation he, you know he brought his body into like a ball yeah to absorb the shock a little bit and it's that choice of do you turn around and cover and take the blow or just try to get out of the blast right. radius entirely you know it's those choices and yeah. i think a lot of that is even... also like the adrenaline rush mm-hmm. for his character like he's like i kind of want to see this blow up <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, uh, real quick, Catherine Bigelow. Um, she also directed Zero Dark Thirty, which okay. comes out after this. Oh, okay. And Point Blank, which is a movie all about uh, how heterosexual men can love each other platonically while also living on the edge as hard as possible. Yeah. <laughs> and so this movie is literally in the middle of those two movies so mm-hmm. it kind of gives you an idea of like how this movie exists mm-hmm, you right. know what i mean and the style that Catherine bigelow obviously likes to do because i think it's very interesting that this style of this movie has a female director for mm-hmm. what it is considering you we, we essentially have one female actress in the entire movie and it's for like a scene she has like one line of dialogue in the entire film <laughs> she, has, she has two scenes yeah she has two and scenes arguably yeah. like ian said one of them's a half scene yeah. she's just on the phone you don't even see her face yeah you don't even see her face you don't see her lips saying the words yeah. mm-hmm. she just needs to get lost if you know what i'm saying so <laughs>
now. <laughs> I'm retiring. Um, but so to have such a obviously male driven yes. film, I think it's very interesting to have a female director to take on that that challenge in that project. You know, I thought that was such a fascinating contrast and must have been interesting in making the film itself for what it is, you know, because exactly this is a very uh, testosterone driven movie. It's you mm. know very uh yeah, big headed men dudes who are just like, dudes. yeah, just fuck it, you know, go to the bomb, you know. Yeah. I listen to I listen to heavy metal before I defuse bombs. I'm hardcore, yeah. you know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um yeah, so Jeremy Renner shows up and he doesn't play by any rules. And any rules. He's a fucking bad boy. He puts the suit on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's pretty cool because he is suddenly a fantasy man where you this man could not have a military career the second day he does what he does in this movie true Mm -hmm. and so it's it's suddenly like what you were saying kenny where it's like which side of the fence are you looking at this Mm -hmm. at where it's like are we all gung-ho let's go be the American heroes we're trying to be, or is it like, hey, you are, you know, taking this a little too crazily? You yeah. know what I mean? And so he he acts like it, it's almost like a metaphor of like even being in the military. Mm-hmm. Well, where yeah, what? sorry, the way I see it um, is, and uh, the reason I see it is, uh, like this is kind of because of Shawshank Redemption. Um, is he's essentially institutionalized. Like, this is all he knows. This is all he lives, you yeah. know? And he's been in it for so long. Almost 900 bombs from when yeah. we meet him. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, he might be just saying that, but I, I kind of want to believe him because yeah. of the way he's just all, I just got to look at it and, and we'll figure it out. You know what I mean? And so... I, I kind of forgot my point. Um, but I, I, I know where you're going. It's almost like someone who works in a warehouse and mm-hmm. knows the proper rules of how to do it, but you've been there, you know, fucking seven years, and so you're going to be doing it the fastest way you know how to do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Exactly. And so he kind of just is to the point where he doesn't care anymore, but he does care. And then you kind of see that towards the end of the movie when he decides to go back. Yeah. You know, like it, he acts like he cares of like there's a holier than thou reason that he's going mm-hmm. but he's going for himself because for he sure. he wants the thrill of it you know it's it, like like joining the military it's all, you're already putting yourself in the danger what difference does it make if i'm wearing the suit or mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. you know and so it's it's i don't know i'm well, and I feel like that initial scene, once again, shows us that no matter how careful you are, the risk is always still omnipresent, no matter what. And even beyond, even if you wear the suit, it's yeah. no guarantee of safety in Definitely. and of itself. So it's like they do such a good job of even putting it in our hearts. It's like, what does any of that shit really matter when we just saw the guy that follows all those fucking rules get it snapped in half and die instantly exactly. in spite of it all, you know? Like, So why not let Jeremy Reiner be this unhinged fucking guy that doesn't want to follow <laughs> any of these rules? Because... It doesn't seem to make a difference either direction. And yeah. one character, the one thing I did really appreciate and recognized in the character that I feel like would be real was his appreciation for the art. You know, we get to see that he really almost like loves these bomb makers in the sense of like, damn, look how creative you motherfuckers are getting. This is <laughs> yeah. kind of cool. You know? So you're kind of talking about like the, the box of of keepsakes. That exactly. He, has the he obviously yeah. like his hurt luck. Yeah, he obviously <laughs> has a part of him that loves 
doing it because he likes seeing the creative ways these guys make his job different every time, you know? Mm. And and it's kind of funny. Um, I actually brought a prop for this oh. little uh, spot, but he talks about he likes to, it, he thinks it's really cool keeping pieces of things that could have killed him, mm-hmm. right? And so this weekend, uh, this past week, I was working at a house and I was taking apart a plug, Right. And so the neutral dropped down and hit the hot, and they kind of welded together for a moment. Holy shit. And popped Talk off. about what you do for a second. I'm an electrician. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I was working on uh, a light switch, and I took off the neutral, and it fell down. These are smart switches. So mm-hmm. normally a light switch does not have a neutral tight end. Okay. Um, but it fell down. And it hit it, and it sparked right in my face. Oh, shoot. <laughs> like <laughs> That's that. how it did yeah. it. <laughs> it. It was like maybe five, six inches away from my face. And um, so, I mean, that could have easily killed me wow. if I wasn't, if it had arced onto me. Um, but the entire house tripped. Like, there was no power in the house. <laughs> and the lady comes up to me. She's all, hey, was that on purpose? And I was like, yep, totally, totally intentional. <laughs> Just played it off. Yeah, like, and, God. and I called my boss and I was like, hey, I think I tripped the main. And he was like, yeah, you did. You did trip the main. So he went and turned it back on. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting was just like, having hey. these little pieces because um, because of the movie talking about like. <laughs> so is that know. what inspired you to take them? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I just kept them. I thought they were really cool. Is your new rap name uh, Trippin' Main? Trippin' Main. Dude, you're a little Trippin' Main. Yo, I'm always <laughs> Trippin' Main. <laughs> <laughs> and you should move to Maine. Uh, oh, true. Trip in Maine and Maine. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's get back to Hurt Locker. But yeah, no, I mean, you're right. He creates or he collects these items and he says it's it's because they've almost killed him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it's, and he remembers every single, yeah where yeah. every single piece came from. And I find that so incredible. This man is literally like this is all that can ever affect him emotionally anymore mm-hmm. you know it's how he gets off essentially not in like a sexual way but like how he finds entertainment or satisfaction right. exactly is in the thrill you know of these moments of you know being so close to death yeah. and it's not even the bombs themselves that would scare me as so much as the people around while you're trying to handle right. it you know and they do once again such a fantastic job of creating that tension tension in every single scene and um that that's what i'll give this movie is tension this is essentially two hours of tension I mean, you know Just suspense even, all the way even when it's not i feel like that there's still like a certain level of stress around you know even like the, in the grocery store yeah exactly <laughs> like even after everything's done or even in the more or less tense moments where he's just playing soccer or buying dvds from uh, you know a kid you know uh, it, yeah from beckham it just you still feel like there's this endless threat just looming over these characters at mm. all times which you know and so i really think this movie does that good job of like, like it almost feels like a horror film. It does. That's where I think this movie is kind of wild is it's hard to f- put it in a, put it in a category because it's beyond a doubt a war film, you yeah. know, but it f- plays almost like a horror film and having this constant sense of, of horror. But then it doesn't, you know, like we talk in the deer hunter mm-hmm. about movies that paint war in a negative light. Right. And this kind of does and doesn't at the same time as that. Wow. I definitely think it does. Mm-hmm paint war the events of war as being you know very psychologically damaging and horrible but i wouldn't even say it necessarily paints war even america's presence in this war is necessarily negative you know we were kind of there's definitely a heroism kind of mentality of like 
Jeremy Reiner's character going in there and like rescuing the day and all these situations. So it, it, it really plays a fine line of feeling anti-war and pro-war at times right. in the way that it's kind of built and designed. I love that about this movie, that it doesn't talk about for a second the politics of this war. Mm-hmm. It doesn't talk for a second about why we're at war or why they're setting the bombs mm-hmm. or anything, True. you know? And I fucking love that about this movie because all it is is just the paint over a man who lives on the edge. And even though the two men who are supposed to watch his back know every single rule that he's supposed to be following, they just can't do anything but allow him to do what he's doing because he's in charge of them. Yeah, he outranks them. And it's it's He is the CEO, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like if we could rewrite this movie... And instead of bombs, it's dragon eggs, and the and knights. Just being, he's just going around planting all the dragon eggs. <laughs> well, no, he's the knights have to go there and, and find the them. exact proper way to dispose of this dragon before it hatches and destroys the town. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter if it's Iraq or Vietnam or whatever. The it, politics don't matter. Yeah. Exactly, it's just the circumstances of the situation. Yeah, that's a and good call. I I fucking love it because you're right. It, it, it then it does talk about the psychological effects of just being at war. Mm -hmm. Once again, doesn't matter if you're an American or not. Speaking of which, let's talk about the second great fucking cameo in this movie. Fucking Ralph Finney's shows up and he's fucking like, they're all camouflaged or not camouflaged, but they're like um, infiltrating, Mm -hmm. I guess they're, they're wearing what seems to be just natural garb around the area, you know? I loved this scene because hiding in plain sight. Yeah. I would yes. say. yeah, yeah, and they're fucking like the the guys in the Humvee. Our guys, Anthony Mackie and everybody. Like, Get the fuck out! Yeah. Like, We're on the same side, mate. You know, it's like, whoa, where'd you come from, bud? Yeah. It's pretty awesome seeing him just show up in this fucking movie. Um, but this whole scene is dope as well. And then basically all of them die. I know. Mm-hmm. There's like two the sniper survivors. scene. Yeah. How did you guys feel about this scene? I like the sniper scene because it's the only thing that takes us away from all the bombs and stuff. It's the one tension scene we really get that isn't bomb oriented. Mm -hmm. And I like that it gives Anthony Mackie's character kind of more the time to shine as well. It shows that he's not just like a pissant who constantly complaining, be like, you should follow the rules because the first guy did. You know, he's obviously just someone who's obviously been in this world just as long and terribly and, you know, just just trying to survive it, you know, but I like that he got his chance to go up and take the gun. I thought it was crazy that one guy was just randomly sitting out in the open. When he first gets, you know, I don't know if y'all yeah. remember that. There's like the building they're shooting at, but there's just one dude like sitting out in the field, yeah. kind of by. I was like, "What is that guy doing?" <laughs> <laughs> just goes starts running off, shooting his gun out in the open. I was like, "Why would you just be sitting out there like that, you fucking dumbass?" Did <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Anthony Mackie's character, mm-hmm. I love his character art in yeah. this in this uh, movie. Um, so one of my favorite things is. Um, when he talks about like uh, Jeremy Renner's character asks him, "Do you have any kids?" Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, right. I'm not gonna have kids anytime soon." And then by the end of the movie, you see him. He's like, "Man, I I want a boy. I yeah. want a baby. Like I can't do this and shit anymore. This is crazy." And just showing that, and that's within the last fifteen days, yeah, yeah. fifteen twenty days that they're there. That. It's crazy because that so much can happen in such a short period of time when you're in a place like that, when you're in war, you yeah. know, in in that kind of environment. 
And I just, I love that that's something that's that's been brought to screen and brought to like a, a public eye. Especially you know? in this movie mm-hmm. where it's, this movie was criticized for being um, just unrealistic because of how Jeremy Renner's character is mm-hmm. throughout the, the movie. Because the thing is, he would have a CEO he would have to report to, right. and it would just take JT one time be like, dude, he took off his suit right in front of a whole set of bombs. They'd be like, you're done. Yeah. You're too high risk. We're not dealing with this anymore. You know, like... Exactly. It wouldn't just be like, oh, well, that's just how that guy operates. You know, yeah. like, he's he's a loose gun, and we love him for that. He's did some 900 bombs. <laughs> what are you talking about? He knows what he's doing. But uh-huh. at, the, at the same time, I can very much imagine... It taking one CEO seeing him and be like, dude, that was badass. You <laughs> know, I'm going to recommend you for a promotion. And you we know do what I mean? see that a little bit with the one guy that that's how we learn his David bomb record. Yeah, David yeah. Morris, because he's like, holy shit, you're fucking sexy as hell, bro. Like, <laughs> and the thing is, that scene feels off putting. I almost thought it was going to, he was going to turn around at any point and be like, well, actually, you're a fucking idiot. You yeah. know, but in, in reality, he was just super pumped for him. He's like, this guy's badass. <laughs> um, and that's, that's. Mm-hmm to show the mm-hmm. two sides of people who are watching this movie mm-hmm. who go in for dude badass this guy's the one guy that's going to fucking save the world and then the other people that are like what is happening this is unbelievable how the fuck is he why is he doing this yeah and i love the reality that this movie paints because mm-hmm. on one end it could be mission impossible and on the other end it could be you know straight straight you know actual war doc yeah <laughs> But instead, it's like, how about we show how masculine a man can be and the damages it can have mm-hmm. in, in, in the effects, you know? And I feel like their get-out-of-jail-free cards is simply the fact that, yeah, it, it like how contained it seems his base is. But on top of that, the fact they mentioned that there's like a huge limit, they're, they're low on bomb tax. Yeah. They need more of these guys. Yeah. So it's not like they're going to be going out of their way to be like reprimanding the ones they do have you yeah. know when they're just happy to be out there successfully almost a dis- thousand times yeah, yeah. successfully disarming bombs they i couldn't even see a blind eye being turned to the methods True. happening um, in it you know and then there's there's a scene I, I, we kind of uh skipped over before this i think it was with david morse's character okay that was the the guy that we were just talking about right? yes yeah. yeah um so it's where the um uh, i guess the insurgent or whatever shoots us shoots at them oh and then they capture him and and the medic's like oh he can survive like if we get out of here within 15 minutes he can survive and then the co looks down and he's like he's not gonna survive and he and he basically like understand yeah and then yeah and then you hear the gunshots that kind of blew my fucking mind <laughs> um but i can very much imagining that has happened plenty of times yeah you know because when you're in that kind of situation the like you're at all your mercy goes away you're just animosity at that point yeah and i mean they just tried to kill you and the people you're fighting with the people your brothers essentially so i mean i'd, I'd hurt somebody if they hurt you guys <laughs> <laughs> thank you bald man so, so, yeah, to talk about <laughs> they'd be dead i mean go on <laughs> to talk about the first bomb set we see jeremy reiner kind of introduced i will say that that's the one that has a little baby scene that drives me nuts which is just the car scene and oh, the guy yeah. drives up to him and stops and he has to point the gun and, like shoot out his windshield and like add his tires and stuff I'm like what is going through that guy's mind that he would just sit there like well one drive through a bunch of the military like that but then sit there that's the one of the few scenes i'm like that feels kind of american cinema and not like yeah. something that would realistically happen in a situation like that yeah because why would he just 
sit there. You know what I mean? If he was innocent, and I like the make, they make the comment. It's like if he wasn't an insurgent, he is one now. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely going to be convicted as one in spite of everything. And see the the reality <laughs> side of it. Anthony Mackie's character is like good joke, you know, like fucking aha, you know. But on the other side, it's like you're right, American cinema, where it's like that's how they're born, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I can imagine in a sense a a lot of insurgents were created in in a a similar circumstance where somebody just push the boundary just too much mm-hmm. you exactly. know yeah. and then they're just like why the fuck are you guys even here yeah and then it just goes on from there but that, that scene is perplexing mm-hmm. but beyond that i love the bomb scene from that when we get to see actually him walk up and then pull out oh, the dude. whole series of bombs and then have just to like sit there and kind around. of dewire while we see the we get the time race of the guy trying to get down to the tripwire in time yeah. Uh, they, I feel like they always did a good job of giving us the stakes of like how much time we had until the bomb could potentially mm-hmm. go off, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that I was very entertained in those moments of like exactly when he, that guy finally gets down there and Jeremy Renner's just like, oh, hey, you were the one about to blow me up, right? I beat you. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. why would you not make more of an effort to get that guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was kind of just like. Um, it's a game ego. for him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like it is a big game. It's, he's a, like, it's a rush. He's like, go him. get a be- go build a better one now, bro. Exactly. <laughs> and then. And then the guy runs away, dropping the nine volt battery, which mm-hmm. we see later on in the scene where he's showing all the items, things yeah. that all have almost killed him. He's like, "This is my first job with you guys." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll finish talking about the Hurt Locker. All Hell right. Yeah. Sorry, uh, that hurt. Do we have an explosion? Oh uh, yeah, where's my explosion sound? Oh fuck yeah! Dude. This movie's the bomb. <laughs> Thank you guys for being here. <laughs> and we're back. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I'm having a hell of a time today. Hey guys, we're back. All right. We Thank are you talking. For bringing us back. There we go. We are talking about the Hurt Locker. Yes. Is it The Hurt Locker or just Hurt Locker? I think you know, it's The Hurt Locker. I think, I think it's, it's the, the Hurt Locker, Hurt Locker yeah. by Catherine Bigelow yeah. in 2008. Starting Jeffrey, Jeffrey Reiner. And uh, and you, you did say and you did Alfred, say Jeremy Reiner yeah, earlier. Al- Alfred McKenzie, yeah. <laughs> all these good actors from the MCU, you know. Yes. So. Uh, Evangeline. Oh yeah. Uh, Libby. Libby. Oh, David. <laughs> David Beckham's in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> David Beckham's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the rest of this movie. Yeah. Uh, this is. Um, let me think. What what can we launch into? Let's talk about the car scene. The car scene? Yeah. Which oh, where he's one? trying to defuse the bomb in the car? Which is where we oh, really get to see yeah. kind of the unhinged. And I feel like probably one of my more favorite scenes in this movie because I really like how the dynamic kind of yeah. builds up between all three characters of like Anthony Mackie just trying so desperately to keep control of the situation while exactly uh, Will, you know, Jeremy Reiner's character just keeps getting more and more unhinged throughout it where yeah. he's like kicking the car and <laughs> yeah. he's like opening doors and like looking for the whole thing inside while Owen's just like freaking out between them. But I even like the part where he takes off his headset and no one's just like yeah i think he took off his headset and he's like well tell him to fucking put it back yeah. on and he's like i don't think he's gonna do well, that yeah because he flips him <laughs> off yeah and so i just i really love all of the dialogue in that scene and i'm this and the stress it builds up i mean it literally it just shows how little it would take to create stress in that kind of situation like a guy holding a video camera yeah. or just mm-hmm. three dudes kind of grouped up together watching you from like a kind of weird position you in know a pla- weird place too yeah. yeah so it's just like the but you it also would make perfect sense that i feel like if i had a good 
angle where I could watch someone defusing a giant ass bomb, I'd probably be chilling around <laughs> and like watching yeah. it happen. So you get like why civilians would be present and like watching, you know? I love that um, they never like it's never expressed on if any of these people are actually mm-hmm. antagonists. You know what I mean? Right. Like especially the strange man with the video cameras. Like mm-hmm. he could be, but at the same time, like I might be videotaping that too, you yeah. know? And when they, you know, they like do like a signal and then they become so convinced they're like communicating with each other, but it's also circumstantial. It's like, were they though? Or was yeah. that just something you were reading too deeply into in that moment oh, because you're yeah. so paranoid of everything going on around you? You know, it's like, I feel like the tension is so beautifully crafted in that scene more than any of the others, you know? For sure, yeah. Uh, and for a bomb that they probably technically could just let go off you know they would lose the un but they did mm-hmm. successfully evacuate it yeah. and they didn't really need it it's just once again him getting his fucking high of trying to find where the he wanted the to detonator no, i'm is. going to do yeah. it yeah he wanted to beat the game mm-hmm. so badly um and i love that anthony mackie fucking punches him yeah. <laughs> and he's like you don't take your headset off anymore i love that owen eldridge plays games mm-hmm. he is playing gears of oh war. gears of war yeah <laughs> while he's talking to the doctor you know he's he's um to cambridge mm-hmm. yes right to cambridge um and so like it's it's it paints like this analog or not analog but dichotomy between the three of them mm-hmm. where anthony mackie's character very much seems like he has his head completely he's the most on. level-headed yeah yeah, yeah the most grounded time. while uh, fucking jeremy renner is just like trying his best to be superman or whatever mm-hmm. and then owen eldritch is he's just like trying to survive yeah <laughs> trying to you know exactly survive and and there's that scene where um fucking ralph finney's character is shot and he's trying to get the ammunition off of him oh it's, yeah oh it's covered in blood covered in blood and so he's just like Jeremy Renner, this is He's like so cool. White. I think the sniper scene is really where their relationships between JT and Will switch, where we realize that Will is kind of the one that is much more casual. Jeremy Renner is much more casual in a stressful situation that even though he is kind of the wild card, he handles them in much more logical ways where he's like breathe relax like let's just clean off the you can use take him out like spit on like you're you're thinking too much and not reacting enough you know and we get we still get jt being like the stable mind but i love the part where he asks for the juice and then gives it to anthony mackie and doesn't (laughs) drink any of it for himself you know and it we really finally get that flop on seeing that will james is a good ceo and is smart under fire he's just reckless you know how i read this scene is Jeremy Renner is definitely all of those things, but his two men are tools in this situation, Mm -hmm. and he needs to make sure that they're both (laughs) well-oiled and working properly in order to fix the situation. And to the point where after he's talked to fucking Owen mm-hmm. about like staying calm, just do what you got to do. Owen sees an insurgent oh, out right. with the goats on the train track. And he, Jer- Jeremy Renner's character is like, oh, I just fixed that tool. It will do what it needs to do. You know what I mean? That's how I saw that. He's scene. like, a, he's like a, a brilliant operator in yeah. that mm-hmm. sense of seeing every, all of these things as playing you know, useful tools or playing cards for him. To exactly. Use. He's like a strategist, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's hard to like him if you are seeing how this movie is trying to paint him. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. The, the movie doesn't 
outright say that he is this coat of color, you mm-hmm. know, this coat right. of paint. It lets you decide for yourself. And that's another thing that's so great about this fucking movie is like, yeah, fucking Punisher logo t-shirt man can go in <laughs> and fucking love this movie. Yeah. But so can, you know, uh, someone who sees this and is like, oh, yeah, it's a movie about a, so- a sociopath, mm-hmm. a psychopath. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's... it. it Who's it's, found the best job in the world for him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, going going back to that scene, I know we keep talking about that sniper scene, but that, good one. there's yeah. so much that happens in there. And um, like you were saying with, with Eldridge, how... Um, Jeremy Renner's character is like, okay, this machine's good now. Uh, Eldridge can do what he yeah. needs to do. Um, but I'll take it a step further than that where um, Jeremy Renner's character I- incites more into him even after that. Like, hey, handle it, essentially. He tells him, like, yeah. he basically tells Eldridge, I trust you. Exactly. You can do this. And so Eldridge, that scene completely changes his character because at the beginning you see him afraid to take the shot. He doesn't know what to do. He's so... Yeah. He's so scared, almost naive. And then towards this scene, he's like, okay, I know my mistakes. I've seen what happens if I don't just take the initiative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he takes the initiative and essentially saves all their lives. Yeah. No, you're right. And I, I love I love that how, how it all plays out because then it, then it bleeds into like some of the final scenes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, let's talk about Beckham. Beckham is a DVD salesman. One of the best. I fucking love him, dude. <laughs> He's so good. I want to believe I would like a little kid like that yeah, too, but yeah. I feel like yeah, I would probably be more like, annoyed by him, especially with all the gay jokes and stuff. I'd be like, like, oh, oh wait, you lady, yeah, 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 you yeah. Fucking, oh, asshole. fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I mean, so there's there's Beckham, and mm-hmm. he sells DVDs to Jeremy Renner's character. Um, that character, that dynamic is so well planted throughout this book. Did you have book. to Google, does the little boy die when <laughs> before you watched the movie? <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, I had a feeling he died. Uh, and I said, book, this is a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that to the point where when we see the disturbing body, the body bomb, bomb. Um, it plays into it in a way. Um, this part of the movie or these these aspects of the movie Beckham showing up there and showing up later is where this movie lives in um like this is a spectacle mm-hmm. and not so much a true story you know what i mean right. like this is something to be analyzed something mm-hmm. to be seen deeper than just what it's cover yeah. is you like know? cool action war movie exactly yeah. and so it it cuz the whole time the body bomb is beckham Definitely. Well, it's never a doubt in our minds that yeah, it yeah. is Beckham. You Visually, know I mean? actor-wise, it is Beckham. And so Jeremy Renner, like the whole team, let me call him by his name, Will. Yeah, um, we keep jumping around. <laughs> yeah, Will, the whole team, they decide we're just demoing the the, the, build the building because the it's thing. full of shit mm-hmm. and we just can't risk having all that shit out there. And he, at the last moment, he's like, no, I can't do it. Oh, real quick. This is also the same job that Cambridge, the doctor, um, Owen Eldridge's oh, doctor dies. shows up. Came a, well, he came along yeah. with them. Yes. Yeah, but he, he decides to tag along because why? Well, because, <laughs> because Owen, Owen, Owen guilted him. him, wanted him to. <laughs> Owen basically guilted the doctor into coming with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they he at the last moment he's like cancel cancel the debt. I I like I I have other plans, you know, and so he doesn't communicate that with his team, and so he decides to remove the bomb himself from the body. To give him a proper burial, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Right. 
Um, that is where this character has his only arc, and it's because it's to show that there is still humanity. Yeah, that's like him. his one redeeming arc mm-hmm. in the whole story, essentially. And, and it's it's interesting that they gave him that. You know, it's it's so there's still some sympathy that the viewer has. Yeah, for him. For him you right. know? And I, if you had just blown up the body, he would it would just really be representing like, oh, these are just tools. These people are just things to him. You know, yeah. no one actually really matters to him in the end. But the fact that even just the body alone is something he can't cope with destroying shows that he has some empathy towards the world and the people around him. Right. If he's not always just great at showing it, you know. And then it's not until later that Beckham shows up again. Mm-hmm. Fine. And he wants nothing to do with him. Yeah, because well, it's, it's like a psychological thing of him having been so convinced that this kid's dead that it's like, oh, that that can't be real, you know? Like, <laughs> it's that's where the arc is reverted, mm-hmm. and it's like, fuck, like the character is deciding, fuck my arc, I'm back to robot mode. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's so fucking good. I don't know. This movie plays so well for me. <laughs> I agree. I'm surprised you liked it so much because I was really mm-hmm. interested to see how you would react to this movie because yeah. it does. My big my big gripe with it is that it is just very patriotic. I guess mm-hmm. is a right. kind word I will use for it. It Let paints. Me say, is there any American flags throughout this whole movie? Probably somewhere, but that's a good argument. But it, I guess yeah, it, I would more I argue it, it rationalizes America's way of handling yes. things. You know yeah. what I mean? Like our way of injecting ourselves into a situation and feeling like we are the hero. Like we're the only thing that can solve these problems. You know what I mean? If, if we look at Catherine Bigelow again, I think this is all about masculinity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not so much America, but this is how men, men are <laughs> deal with problems. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and so that's actually probably a good call. Maybe that it would be Which my, an equal gripe I would have. I don't like men. Or like masculine men and that yeah. kind of rest, you know, necessarily is not what we necessarily bond with. You yeah. Know? yeah. Men uh, suck. That's why, that's, why <laughs> I date, that's why I date women. There you go. Me too. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm straight. Yeah. Uh, I, that that reminds me of a meme. It was this kid on TikTok. It was a screenshot, and it has his own text over his face, and he's like, he's like scro- stroking his chin, like, huh? And it said something like, um, uh, "How come uh, misogyny seems hella gay? Like, why why you, why you treat a woman less than a man? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> a good call." <laughs> And it's all about being like big and buff, you know, like being manly. Like, look at wrestlers. That's like seen as the ideology of manliness. Like, yeah. They're a bunch of half naked dudes. Like, oh, no, let the man do it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, I it's it's crazy. I, I love this movie. It played really well. For but me. I really like cool. that it, it does turn itself on its head like that in the end where we don't really know, not even necessarily what is real, but like exactly how invested into these things these characters really are like how much they're really like psychologically sane i guess mm-hmm. is what i'm getting at you know and how much trauma they've really gone through and we really get it after the scene where owen gets kidnapped yes. essentially for a minute there and they have to sh- sh- they shoot him to rescue him which i think yeah. is hilarious um and then he's destroying l- his femur <laughs> yeah they were destroying shatters in like nine places or something um i can imagine eldridge was just happy to get the fuck out of there though. well i mean and yeah. it, it, but it shows that he also really kind of like clicks where he realizes that will james is 
a sociopath. He's like, fuck you, bro. Like, we didn't yeah. even have to fucking be there. You're the fucking reason this happened to me. So you can mm-hmm. just fuck off, you know? Um, but we even before that see the scene with Will where he goes into the shower fully clothed and is just washing all of the you know, blood Owen's blood off stuff. of him. And but it's that same thing of showing like where is his sanity? Yeah. Like where there is obviously that line where this is too much for some part of him that's yeah. deep down in there. It's just the smallest part of him, you know, that he does have to let out sometime. I agree. Yeah. And there's another scene kind of like that where he falls asleep with his helmet on. Mm-hmm. He yeah. put well, he puts the helmet on to so that way he can be comfortable enough to fall asleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he likes the smell of it. Yeah, yeah probably he's like <laughs> smells like gunpowder. no but that scene where they have to go and try to find the insurgents Mm -hmm. or whatever that is after a fail that's after a bomb has already gone off and fucking will has nothing to To do yeah you know and so he's like all right if i can't undo the bomb i need to go fix who put it out you know it's always that that um that one extra step that he has to commit to or or Mm -hmm. make that shows that he won in some sort of way. Yeah, you know, right. Everything is always that that, that game. he's won the game. Yeah. yeah. Um there's other aspects of this like the I guess the final scene with the man not the final scene but the the final bomb with the man strapped in the bomb. And Oh dude. It's the only time besides I guess I guess you can call rescuing Owen a, a victory. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the only real failure. No, absolutely. We yeah. do see Ooh. in the entire movie after Guy Pierce, you know, yeah, is what exactly. I'd say. Uh, and it's, it's just all so well done, but it's like frustrating in the sense of how much he probably could have been saved if there was just more communication on both sides of the line. Well, earlier, you know I mean? just like a, maybe a minute earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they could have just, you know, or would not had to wait for a bomb tech to even show up because he's probably sitting there for 20 minutes on his hands and knees being like, please take this thing off of me. And all they needed was a pair of goddamn bolt cutters. cutters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That scene is fucking rough. Mm -hmm. It's it's um, it, it weighs a lot and it you can see it. This is like Will admitting defeat mm-hmm. you know which is not something he is almost willing to do even you know it, yeah. it's something that just about kill just about kills him yeah we could even technically right. say exactly. <laughs> that's it's, where we have the scene you were talking about earlier mm-hmm. where he uh turns around at with the, the last explosion. second yeah. so when it blows him it knocks him backwards exactly it's crazy to think that that is how this movie or that how that's how that scene ends mm-hmm. When the movie has painted Will this way all throughout it, you know what I mean? Where you kind of expect him to die trying to save or trying to win this bomb, mm-hmm. not even save this You think man. it would be life or death for him if he wouldn't have been like, oh, no, I've obviously lost and now I need to get the hell out of Dodge. You think he'd play the game literally up until the last moments. You know? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think that kind of shows that there is a small sense that he cares. Yeah. You know, that he, because if he died, there's one less bomb tech in the world. <laughs> to do no, things, you if know? I die, I can't do bombs, bombs no anymore. more. <laughs> exactly. Like in a sense, it's all about him again. Yeah. But in another sense, maybe he's trying to survive. So that way something like this doesn't happen again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then you kind of get that feeling again, when he's talking to um, the wasp, Um, (laughs) towards the end of the movie yeah his wife yeah well yeah (laughs) and um well apparently they're still married he 
he because he says I I think she's divorced, but apparently to her we're not. Oh. That's what he he says it, something along those lines. It's just some gray area. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like they're separated. Mm-hmm. He or maybe he's like, we're divorced because she doesn't want me in the military, and I'm in the military. Yeah, I mean um, that could very much be it. Yeah. Apparently, there were supposed to be more scenes with her. That upon final like cuts and stuff like that, they realized, oh fuck, we shouldn't have. You know, they're like we don't tried so much with it. this character because really the only thing we need to highlight is the effects of war on man yeah, and you know? the fact that he has a family to go home to and doesn't really want we can tell he doesn't even want that you know yeah. it's not something that his heart is into and that's why i love the scene where we get the conversation with that he has with his baby where he's like when you get to my age you love maybe one or two things and he's like and for me it's one thing and it's not you motherfucker yeah <laughs> and ain't you little baby sorry i can't disarm you because <laughs> the very next scene he's on the fucking plane yeah, yeah wow. going back into the shit mm-hmm. and i love the way they do it where they leave you with 365 days left on his tour a whole fucking yeah. year yeah exactly and it's just uh it's so well done like yeah. i said um in a sense he's institutionalized he needs he needs the government at this point to survive mentally. And it literally feels like a victory walk at the end of the movie, even yeah. though it's kind of the opposite. We see him walking down in the bomb suit, just like, here I go, get to do my job. And it's like the movie makes it feel like, ah, oh, this is exactly where we wanted this to land. And it, in reality, it's kind of the opposite. Where you yes. think it'd be right. the happy ending for him to get out of that it's situation. It's a tragedy. It's and, a tragedy for mm-hmm. anyone that can see this movie for what it's actually showing. Absolutely. And that's... <laughs> A tragedy painted as a fucking badass war action. <laughs> There's uh, the scene where they're bonding and doing the roughhousing. Mm-hmm. That in my head, I was like, oh, this is the closest these men will ever love each other physically. This is the sex scene in this movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it gets it, pretty sexy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but unlike other movies that we've talked about mm-hmm. where they had sex scenes, um, this was a very meaningful sex scene, yeah. and <laughs> yes, it was a gay sex scene. Mm-hmm. Well, which is something that I argued for in a previous. I, I would, movie uh, that I we would argue homoerotic. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. yeah. So this is this is what I'm talking about. This is like this is the deepest love two heterosexual men mm-hmm. can have for each other, and it's okay. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like like. It's I don't know. You, well, I mean, you it, ride me, bro. I hold a knife to your throat, bro. We're well, I mean, we're tight. <laughs> real quick, arguably, all heterosexual, all all love between men is okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Not, regardless not just, if it's heterosexual yes, or homosexual, all love or whatever, whatever sexual. Yeah. I fucking love you guys. Hypersexual. <laughs> um, I'm coming out as hyper today. Um, because I'm drinking all this juice. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's that lightning energy. Uh, that yeah. shit's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, let's rate this bad boy. All right. It, well, well, hold on. Before that, there's <laughs> some stuff that we kind of glossed over, and that's the cinematography of this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of gorgeous fucking slow mo shots with explosions, and like in the beginning where Guy Pierce dies, mm-hmm. um, they do the rusty car where all the stuff comes oh, off the so car, true. and mm-hmm. you see all the rocks rise up beautiful yeah. like it captures you immediately draws you into the film and there's a lot of shots like that it, arguably there's a lot of bad shots in this movie but it's the way it was filmed it's supposed to look like that that's true you know? there's a lot of um 
Yeah, it it awkward shot. It mm-hmm. paints stress in a way of how the camera moves, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, you're right. It's 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 a good looking movie, mm-hmm. even being you know the sepia like desert mm-hmm. you know, kind yeah. of tone. I could definitely have done without exactly the sepia filter they got put yeah. over a lot of it. <laughs> um, and there were a couple of those like slow motion scenes I probably could have lived without like the sniper bullets <laughs> bouncing off the overly sepia <laughs> sand and that was, <laughs> that was very uh, Marines commercial. <laughs> like, yeah. But I, I love I love the kind of context that they can give you with some of those shots. Mm-hmm. You know, but like, the explosive ones are epic exactly. Fuck, like yeah. seeing the reaction a bomb would have on the, the environment around <laughs> it was definitely satisfying to experience, you know. Mm. Um let's rate this bad boy. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and go <laughs> no. first. Uh, I'm gonna give this movie a four point four. Wow, out of five. Yeah, we we fail to wow. say in every episode this is out of five. If someone's listening for the very first time, they think four point four out of ten. You guys just talked, or he just talked about how much he loved this movie. Uh, four point four out of five. I I do love this movie. That's, I think that was a lot higher than I thought. That's a lot higher than I thought. I yeah. I thought I you were was, gonna be like three point seven. <laughs> I was fairly impressed with this movie um and it's it's for all the reasons i i tried to convey and paint throughout this conversation i i just i think it does a great job at showing the distress that each of these men acquire Mm -hmm. and um sanborn when he's crying and talking about how badly he wants a boy in the car with with will james and and jeremy reiner and he jeremy reiner is just like okay <laughs> like i don't give a shit you know what i mean like mm. practically yeah just emo- like a wall it i cried like i was like this is that made me sad too yeah this is a a man that they've bonded they've had to work in these stressful situations being weak in front of the other and the other doesn't know what to do about it yeah yeah and it's like that is the miscommunication of love almost you right. know and so I, I I love this movie. I think it fucking rocketed, like when I saw it. It just blew me out of the water. That's incredible. Yeah. So four point four for me. Yeah, I I think I'm going to give it a four point oh. Um. Now I don't really have any criticisms for this movie, uh. But this movie, I do want to say that this movie is fucking awesome. Um. There's a lot of stuff like we like I said before we glossed over it, but the cinematography wise. This movie has all the shots it needs to have to to make it beautiful. Um, regard like they counteract all the bad stuff, like the sepiest um, tone, tone, yeah. and everything like that, and the awkward shots. Um, but going back to what you were talking about, that scene in the car, that scene seems extremely personal because of the camera angle, you know, and the color. Just yeah. So, like I said, the cinematography of this film just really puts you in the moment with them. And so I'm giving it a four specifically because of that. Um, well, also because of uh, the, I guess, moral to this story. Right. You know, and what, what they're trying to get across to you. So this is an awesome movie. Definitely recommend watching it. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm actually only going to give it a 3.8 for me personally. That's I think that's fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is just that uh, 
I'm not gonna, I didn't love this movie on the rewatch. Um, and I think it was because I was paying more attention to things like the, I felt like the cinematography and the score, which are things that all got awards for. It got best, mm-hmm. yeah, best uh, in screenplay, it got like best in cinematography, it got best original score. So I was kind of blown away that it basically hit the mark on like every great thing that matters. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think it is a very well crafted movie. You know, you to make the argument exact that it, is an American because you're right. It doesn't shove American flags and things in your face. This is totally a good call. I just, like I said at the beginning, it really makes me look at where our country was in 2008 and how we felt about where we were in the war in the Middle East and things. And so I feel like it was just kind of a perfect concocted thing that to come out right when it did. Yeah. The timing of it is why I feel like it, it stands as such an iconic film. You know, right. I, as terrible as I feel like if the American Sniper would have come out in 2008, it could be this Honestly, to that, to that unfortunately, grade. Unfortunately, I agree with you. Um, yeah. And so that's just my my only, like, concern on this movie is that is the, the message, you're right, for the deeper audience is so great, but it's just the, the Punisher-wearing group yes. that made this movie win all those awards that uh, is kind of like, ah, you know, they, they're going to get the wrong thing from it until the end of time. You it's know? interesting to think about the, the Academy mm-hmm. and how half of the people that voted for it were probably, you know, seeing it as like a monument for American picture mm-hmm. making. Right. And, and while the other half saw it where Catherine was painting it, where it's like, oh, this is a movie about a man losing himself, you know, or having been lost the entire time, mm-hmm. you know? And so it it's, it's, I don't know. I feel like though the way it's painted, it's both. Mm-hmm. You're you know? right. And so I, I that's why it's I made it. for both audiences. Yeah. And I think that's why it probably did win is because exactly it, it, lands differently for people but you're right there's these two very distinct categories i feel like anyone would fall into which right. is either woo, bombs going off or holy shit that was like dark like look at, look at <laughs> right, the psychological exactly. implications of being a bomb tech what the fuck so uh what year did this win i'm trying to find 2009 that. it was 2009 yeah it's all okay. they're all like the 2000 and it won like every bafta too i mean it won I want to know what it won up against. Oh, that's a good argument. That's a good yeah. call. I want to see. 2009 Best Picture nominations. So, Frost versus Nixon. Okay. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Oh, oh wow. It went up against that. Milk. The Slumdog Millionaire? That can't be right. No, oh, that can't be that right. That can't be right. No, these million... are, yeah, I was like, that's not right. These, I think these are... All the winners? <laughs> no, because this is nominees 2009. That's so weird. Slumdog Millionaire won the best Oscar, didn't it? That's what I thought so, too. Now, I've, now I'm just looking at... I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was a different year, because these all have different... This is all it won t- 2010. Oh, interesting. Wait, uh, Hurt Locker won 2010? Hurt Locker won 2010. How did it come in 2008? It must have come out in Limited in 2008 and then like wide in 2009 to be acquired or to be possible to win, probably. I don't know. I don't know for sure. You're right. Yep, it's 2010. That's crazy. IMDb's a fucking liar. (laughs) (laughs) It was up against... Oh, it was up against Avatar. Okay. (laughs) So, something we should note 
on here. And I, I felt like this was probably true, and that's why I wanted to double check. Yeah. Catherine Bigelow used to be married to James, James Cameron. Cameron. <laughs> she kicked wow. his ass. <laughs> wow. She fucking she, got him. <laughs> with a she, character named Will James. <laughs> with a character named Will James. <laughs> Will James beat my movie? I think not. <laughs> she, she she was married to him and she was like, you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> and that's why they got divorced. And she was like, okay, I'll fucking prove it to you then. <laughs> Dude, it beat some good ass movies because it beat Avatar, The Blind Side, District 9, and Inglorious Bastards. Yep. Holy shit. That's a, I mean, and even more beyond that, but like those, yeah. are, those are all decent flicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. It beat up? <laughs> <laughs> it, what did it beat up? The old man from up. Oh, it beat, it beat yeah. up the old man. Yeah, it was like crazy. like Pennywise <laughs> beat up the old man from up. Exactly. Oh, um, thank you guys for being here. Follow us on Instagram. That's in the show notes below. Uh, rate and review us on all the podcatching sites that you guys anywhere you fucking can. Yes. Mainly on iTunes. Yeah, well, mainly on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, that one. That's that... the one that probably matters the most. Yeah, apparently. Uh, it's 50% of our listenership comes from Apple Podcasts. So. There you go. I mean, we also keep telling them to go to Apple Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, but yes, come back next week. We will finally be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. No spoilers. Mm. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Uh-oh. So... No, dude, fucking Spider-Man. Yep. Are y'all fucking ready for that shit? Yes, I'm Holy actually really shit. fucking excited. There is going to be no way getting home from that theater <laughs> after we're done. Yeah, so. I, I love that they keep going with this home thing. They just saw Spider-Man uh, doesn't want to go home. Yeah. Spider-Man homies. Spider-Man homies. Dude. That's my favorite one. Honestly, that's, honestly, that should be the name of this one. Coming yeah. out, Spider-Man homies. Yeah. They should do Spider-Man Home Alone, and it's just all about him quirking up the Avengers Tower against That's the so Sinister Six, you know? I'm sure someone's drawn that somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but yes, thank you guys for being here. We'll see you next week to talk Spider-Man, or we will see you on another ass time. So thank you so much. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Go kill yourself. Go sit in the middle of the road and let a car run over you. Fuck yeah. Fucking A, Phil. Hell yeah.